is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Just Euler, no Motes today here on a Wednesday, but I've got the power grid rocking and rolling with me as always. Let's get to the tweets here. You guys did not disappoint once again on the Twitter.com. Great participation, as always, at Wesley Euler. if you want to try and lob in a last-minute question here. But remember, it's about 1 o'clock on Wednesday as I'm doing this live, all right? So if you're listening back on the loop tonight, uh, you can still tweet me. I just won't be answering it live here on the show. At Wesley Euler is where you find me on the Twitter.com. I have to get to this first because at least like a half a dozen of you have tweeted me asking me about Stephon Gilmore. He's been released by the Patriots. Should the Steelers, you know, would they consider signing him? Should they consider signing him? Will they sign him? Can they sign him? Uh, Mr. Taylor has asked me about Stephon Gilmore. Julie has asked me about Stephon Gilmore. Randy has tweeted about it. Uh, Let's see who else here, too. Um, Don Juan asked me about it. Thrash asked me about it. That's five of you so far that I'm finding here so far. Uh, Domo TV, uh, number six. I told you there'd be about a half dozen of you. Uh, Six of you, by my count, and I might have missed one or two, have tweeted in asking for my thoughts on Stephon Gilmore. Can the Steelers? Will the Steelers? Should the Steelers? Folks, I understand the question from that perspective. This is Steelers Nation Radio. We're all Steelers fans. We're all desperate for this team to get back to winning some games and for that defense to get back to leading the way in that conversation and being the elite unit that we all know that they're capable of being. Here's the thing, though. And I know this is difficult to do, and it's it's tough for me to do at times as well. But when, when things like this happen, you can't look at Stephon Gilmore through the lens of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have to look at this conversation, this question, through the eyes of Stephon Gilmore. He's the free agent now. He's the one with the power in his hand. He's, you know, not a a draft pick who's about to get, you know, selected by a team and he just has to go there. Stefan Gilmore is the one with the power. Stefan Gilmore is the one with the decision making. So, this is going to be tough for you guys to hear, but again, I think we've gotten to the point in this season. I think we've gotten to the point now in 4 years of me doing this show that we've got some we're, we're inside the trust circle here. All right? The circle of trust, the, the 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 trust tree, whatever you want to call it. It's not about the Steelers, it's about Stefan Gilmore, and this is a tough pill to swallow, but if you're Stefan Gilmore, would you want to sign with the Steelers? And I don't mean like It's been your dream your whole life to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's your team, and you would do it no matter what. If you're Stephon Gilmore, would you want to sign with the Steelers? If you've been a part of the Patriots your whole career, you've had a lot of success, you've won Super Bowls, you've won NFL Defensive Player of the Year award, you're coming to the end of your career, though. You're on that other side of 30. Would you want to sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now? I don't think you would. Because again, this is just reality, and this is tough to hear, but the Steelers are one and three in their last in their division. You know, and 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 playing for the Steelers defense normally, I think, could be an attractive proposition, right? You'd get to play with Joe Hayden. You're obviously gonna start right away alongside Joe Hayden. You got TJ Watt and Mega Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward. 
But this defense is dealing with a lot of significant injuries. It's a defense that's, let's not kid ourselves, been getting torn apart as of late. They looked elite. They were dynamite week one up in Buffalo against the Bills. But since then, they have not been the same. They have struggled, and a lot of different things have played into that. But if you're Stephon Gilmore, what's the attraction for the Steelers right now? Wouldn't you rather sign with the Cardinals? or Tampa Bay, or Kansas City, or Buffalo, or Baltimore, as much as it hurts to say, or any other contending team. Yes, you would, again, if you're Stephon Gilmore, if you're not looking at this through black and gold glasses. You're coming towards the end of your career. You now have the power to land wherever you want. You want to go to a contending team, and let's not kid ourselves. I think both from our perspective, our biased perspective in Pittsburgh, And from a neutral, at-large perspective, we can all agree the Steelers are just not a contending team right now. And so all those things considered, should the Steelers sign Stephon Gilmore? Should the Steelers want Stephon Gilmore? Should they take a look at all those things? Yes, absolutely. But if you're Stephon Gilmore and your agent says, these, you know, 10 teams or these half dozen teams are interested in signing you, you're going to look at that list and you're going to much rather go with another team who's not 1-3, and three, not last in their division, and not dealing with a laundry list of significant injuries and absences right now. That's just the reality of the situation. It sucks. Last year, it's a different conversation. Last year at this time, Stephon Gilmore's probably looking at the Steelers and going, oh yeah, sign me up, get, make me part of that defense. But that's just not the reality right now. True or false, the perception of the Steelers is that they're a franchise on the downswing while everyone else in the division has the arrow pointed up. And if you're Stephon Gilmore, there's just going to be more attractive options out there. We got some tweets about Jalen Smith as well, too. I really like Jalen Smith. He's he's dealt with a litany of injuries. Who knows what his health status is? He was just released by the Cowboys. I, I don't know how much interest there's going to be there from the Steelers. I think that they... Obviously believe in Joe Schobert. They went out and traded for him. They've got Devin Bush as well, too. I don't see them wanting to take playing time away from either of those guys. I just I, I think if the Steelers were to try anything drastic like that at this point to bring somebody in, uh, it would be on the offensive side of the football. I think on defense, it's more about the injuries and, and getting healthy um, and getting some reinforcements back there um, than it is adding more dudes at this point. There's my long-winded answer answer on everything Stephon Gilmore and free agency for the Steelers. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Now I got to wade back. And again, I, I do appreciate everybody who, who reached out and, and asked about Stephon Gilmore because I didn't want to talk about that at some point today. That's just the harsh reality. Sensei tweets, I'm back, baby. I'm not panicked yet, but I'm getting very concerned. Do you think we're feeling the loss of Mike Hilton's blitzing prowess this season? Yes and no. Are the Steelers feeling the loss of Mike Hilton's prowess at that position? Yes. Is that even in the top three, though, of their you know their issues on defense right now? I would say no. It would certainly help to have Mike Hilton back, but he's not, you know, having him out there would not change the overall trajectory of this defense, what we've seen through four games drastically. Maybe it helps against the Raiders. Carr doesn't hook up with rugs on that, what was it, 61-yard touchdown pass? Could change that game. Maybe you're 2-2 two and two right now. I don't know. It's the health. It's the absence of Stephon to it. Um, I think there's a, a, if I'm making a list of, of the defense's issues, 
Mike Hilton's blitzing prowess would help, but it's it's not high on the list. Uh, Steeler Nation 920 tweets me and says, did Motsi bring you any spotted cow? <laughs> I haven't seen Motsi yet. Because Monday, right, I was in the locker room for Wolf. You know, that's how it works with all these big wigs. Wolf and Moats, you know, they get, to, they get to take Monday off when they travel back from games. Because, you know, God forbid they get a lack of, you know, they, they can't do the Mike Pursuta thing. You know, Pursuta, I give him all the credit in the world. These road trips, he doesn't get back to Pittsburgh till 1 or 2 in the morning. And then he's on air at 6 a.m. with the DVE morning show. He sleeps here on the couches in our studios a lot of times. Motsi and Wolf, you know, as much as they talk about being those big, bad football players, ah, the Steelers played uh, Sunday afternoon in Green Bay, and my flight's Monday morning, and I can't do the shows. A bunch of wussies. So I haven't seen Motsi yet. He was off Monday. Every Well, the schedule was switched around on Monday, I should say. Arthur Motes was not. Oh, it's not like he took the day. The schedule was just switched around. They had Max and I do the morning show. That was it. I haven't seen Motes because he's off today. I'll let you know tomorrow if he brings me any spotted cow. Uh, and it's got to be known that the haters continue to bring logs to Ben's proverbial competitive inferno. Ben's always better as an underdog. Uh, and I was disappointed that Steeler Nation was not as alive in Lambo. Here's the thing about that competitive fire. To an extent you're right and and I and I understand. Listen, everybody everybody hates it at how much crap Ben has taken from outside of Steelers circles the last few years. And I I I understand that. I do. That that's your guy, that's 7, that's the future Hall of Famer, that's the two-time Super Bowl champion. I get it. But you motivation can only help you so much. Like, it's one of those, Moats and I talk about this a lot, right? Like, if you need if you need people to talk trash on you, if you need haters to tell you you suck, to light your competitive fire in sports, in business, in, in, in this, you know, in, in, in radio or television or sports talk, you probably don't belong in the first place. These guys are professionals, all right? What, what dinguses like you and me say shouldn't matter if you need haters or bulletin board material to motivate you, you probably shouldn't be there in the first place. So, so yes, I know. We heard from Ben Roethlisberger in the last segment. We know he's ticked off. We know he wants to prove to people that he can still do this. But what's more important than that is his health and his skill set. And that's just another one of those harsh realities of just the current situation of this team, this offense, their limitation, and Ben Roethlisberger, his age and, and his limitations now, you know, 18 years in the National Football League. I think it's, a, it's certainly a different conversation if Ben's still 29 years old instead of 39, or maybe even 31, 32 years old. But it just is what it is right now. You could throw all the logs on that competitive fire that you want. If the elbow isn't there, if the mobility isn't there, if the offense isn't there, the harsh reality, again, is just that it's not going to matter. I don't like saying these things any more than you guys like hearing them. But it's just the truth. I'm I'm never going to sugarcoat things for you here, especially when the team's one and three and, you know, swimming up creek now to get this thing moving in the right direction. Uh, let's see. Jason tweets and says, maybe I'm looking at this through black and yellow glasses. Oh, Jason, don't say that. It's black and gold. I don't have to set the nation on you, baby. But why do the most egregious calls always seem to be against the Steelers? They were off sides on Sunday. Uh, Jesse James, non-touchdown catch. Hayden, pass interference versus the Saints, etc., etc. Um, 
you are to an extent looking at it through black and gold glasses. Everybody thinks that the refs hate their teams, that they get all the calls against them, and that the other team gets all the favorable calls. When I worked in Ohio, it was the same way with Browns fans. When I worked in Philly, it was the same way with Eagles fans. You do cite some legitimate examples there, right? The, 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 the crap offsides call on Sunday, the Jesse James no touchdown catch, which I think was more of a crap rule by the National Football League than it was an egregious call by the official, right? Maybe the Jesse James, that was just when the NFL, their rule book, they couldn't figure out what was a catch and what wasn't. That was more on the league than it was on the officials to me. Hayden's pass interference against the Saints, uh, certainly a terrible one. But imagine if you're a Saints fan, right? You're screaming and you're... I almost said the B word. You're complaining about, you know, that that horrible non-pass interference call that happened against New Orleans against the Rams, remember, in the NFC Championship game. If you're the Cincinnati, if you're Bengals fans, right, they screamed for a year or two that Joey Porter going out onto the field and drawing a penalty was bullcrap, that a coach, particularly an assistant coach, shouldn't be able to go out that far and, and do things like that and draw a penalty, right? So, so every fan base can point to these, and I'm sure if I took a minute or two here to actually think about it, which I don't want to do on live radio, I could think of a time or two when, when decisions went in the Steelers' favor. You could certainly think of times they did it. I'm thinking back to that crap, remember, against the Colts in 2005 in the playoffs when Troy intercepted that ball and then they said it wasn't an interception. But we can do this all day. Every fan base can do this all day. Officials in all of sports stink. I mean, I don't know how how to state that any clear. NFL fans hate refs. College football fans hate refs. College basketball fans think officials stink. NBA, NHL, soccer, go on down the list. Everybody hates refs. More so now than ever before because the games are faster, the athletes are stronger and more athletic. It's more bang-bang in every sport than ever before. But I think 99% of the time, the better team still finds ways to win. It, it, It it sucks a lot of times, but it just is what it is in the sense of you've got to be able to overcome those things. There's beneficial calls. There's detrimental calls in every single game. Some of them are massive, like the, the blocked punt that would have put the Steelers up at halftime. Instead, they're down seven. The, like, like that is a, a massive swing in the game there. That is a massive uh, tilting swaying of that pendulum by the officials. I'm not denying that. But there were also many opportunities for the Steelers to make plays to get into or stay in that game. Minka Fitzpatrick dropped an interception. Ben Roethlisberger had two what could have been big plays, touchdown plays to Juju Smith-Schuster that they didn't link up on. Those things are able to swing the game just as much as a bad call from an official is. It's every fan base. Jason, I do the same thing, particularly with WVU. I scream and I yell, you know, particularly when we're playing schools like Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, it's because we're little WVU and they're big Oklahoma and Texas. We can't get any of the calls. But more often than not, that stuff evens out in the end. As my mom would say, it all comes out in the wash or in the worsh, you know, depending on the yins or accent level of my mother. Steel City Champs has got three questions for me here on a Wednesday, not a Thursday. Number one. Which player are you expecting to be more involved this Sunday? Pat Fryermuth. End of discussion. The identity for this offense right now has to be running through the rookies. Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, they're the ones making plays. That's what I'm expecting. Fryermuth, 
in the intermediate pass game, Najee Harris continuing to get more carries and more opportunities on the ground. Number two from Steel City Champs is uh, a better this past weekend in Vegas won $172,000. What would you do with the money? Okay, so I always think when you get these hypothetical type questions, I don't want to do the, oh, like I'd pay off debts and I'd help my family, right? You got to make it a fun answer. Because in reality, I would probably be responsible with the money. You know, like, I'd probably invest some of it. I'd probably pay off some debts. You know, maybe treat, treat my wife and I a little bit. Invest some of it for my daughter's college fund, right? We're now, oh, geez, 13, 12 days away from my, uh, from my wife's, wife and I's due date, right? So set up a, some, some college money for my daughter. Invest some for my wife and I. Maybe take a trip, Um but, you know, those, those aren't fun answers. So if I won $172,000, what I would do is I would plan a massive trip, a huge blowout vacation. I'd buy a new car. I'd buy a new laptop as well, too. That's, you know, that's the fun answer of what I would do if I won $172,000. In reality, it'd probably be a combination of both. I'd do some responsible things with the money, like college fund, like some investments. I'd do some treat-yourself things with the money, like... You know, maybe take the family on a nice vacation and uh, maybe maybe buy a new car. I don't, like, desperately need a new car. I, I, my car's, like, five or six years old, so it's got a little over 100,000 miles on it. So we're getting to that point where in a couple years I'll probably need a new one. But, I mean, you know, you can always use a new car. And the third and final question from Steel City Champs, if you're the coach of the team, what's your motivational speech for your team? Oh, geez. Well, that's got to depend on the sport and the situation in the moment, Right? But best pregame motivational speech ever. Go on YouTube, type in Bill Stewart, WVU, and listen to the speech that Bill Stewart gave WVU before the Oklahoma game, the Fiesta Bowl in 2008, when uh, you know when the famous pit game happened and Rich Rodriguez left us for Michigan, and Bill Stewart refused over his dead body to let WVU unfold, uh, WVU fold, and instead they went out there and got one of the biggest wins in program history and smoked Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. That was a lot of fun. That was my junior year of high school. A lot of fun. Julie tweets and says, I think we can get to three and three by the time we reach the, reach the bye week. Then we have an extra week of plan, uh, or to plan the annihilation of Cleveland and the sacking of Baker Mayfield. Hope Ben makes it to this game. Hashtag revenge game. That would be the ideal scenario. I think more realistically, you got to split with Denver and Seattle. Seattle's good. Russell Wilson, we know what he's capable of. They're always so good for whatever reason when they come to the East Coast time zone. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks have won their last 13 games in the Eastern time zone. That's insane. If you split and you're two and four, you can get the bye week. If you beat Cleveland, you're three and four with a division win. All of a sudden, you're right back in the conversation. Yeah, three and three would be ideal. But realistically, you you got to split these next two at home, I think, to stay in the conversation. You'll take three and three. You need at least two and four. And yeah, I mean, if the Steelers only win one game the rest of the season, I'll, I'll take in Cleveland on Halloween and breaking Baker Mayfield in half. That would be a nice consolation prize, Julie. Yes. Rudy tweets me and says, should the NFL have a sky judge like the XFL did? Also, I'm extremely worried. We haven't heard anything about to it. Folks, I, I wish I had insider information for you on Stefan Tewitt. I wish I could break news here. I really do because I get that angst as a fan. But I'll continue to say what I've said all along. We're not going to know with Stefan Tewitt until we know. 
I don't think there's going to be anything leaked out. I don't think you'll hear, oh, yeah, Stephon Tewitt's coming back next week and he's going to play two weeks later. We're not going to know until we know. It could be next week. It could be at the end of the season. They announce he's not coming back at some point, but we're not going to know with Stephon Tuitt until we know. I know that that sucks. I know that that makes you anxious as a fan, but that's just the current reality of the situation. And should the NFL have a sky judge like the XFL did? Yes, absolutely. The NFL is a billion-dollar entertainment business. Remember that. I say that all the time because it's true. The NFL is a billion-dollar entertainment business. They're, they're too wealthy as of a league, particularly now with all the sports gambling stuff attached, to be having mistakes made like the one in Green Bay that would be easily fixable by a sky judge, by an eye in the sky, by somebody with that, you know, that godlike power to sit up in the booth and say, eh, no, you got this one wrong and it's really clear to see and we can fix this in 90 seconds, like our buddy Chris Carter said. Now, I also think the cynical person in me, and I've told you guys this before, The cynic in me truly believes that the NFL likes this controversy. Think of all of it just in the last decade, right? Replacement refs to what's a catch, what's not a catch, to to, to the quarterback, you know, all the roughing the passer controversy, now to some of the stuff with pass interference reviews that were there and then weren't there. Like, the NFL likes this controversy because on Monday morning, everyone's talking about it. It's 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 the old adage of any press is good press, right? So as much as I would, as I say, the NFL is a billion dollar entertainment industry. It can't be, particularly with all the money that's in sports gambling now. It can't be having these bad calls by officials decide or swing games. The other side of me, maybe the cynic, says it's it's good business for the NFL. It gets more people angry. It gets more people talking. It's more talking points. It's more controversy. It's more drama, and that always attracts eyeballs. So. Go with whichever answer I just gave you there that better floats your boat. Steeler Bomb 2030 tweets me, uh, I don't, uh, against the Browns, I don't care if, uh, or sorry, in terms of, oh, wait a second, Steeler Bomb, you got to work on your grammar here, man. Doesn't matter who could have done better to make the play, it just didn't happen. Uh, something, something Browns, I don't know. But Steeler Bomb says, I, don't, I think you're talking about Ben or Juju. Um, everyone just loves seeing everybody point the fingers. Let's support our boys, win or lose, as a team. I mean, you're absolutely right. We do love to do that pointing fingers thing when things aren't going well. I think it's fair to point the finger at both and say that both have to be better. You don't have to pick one or the other. Uh, Juju needs to do more. Ben Roethlisberger needs to do better. That's a big part of the reason why the Steelers are 1-3. Everybody needs to up their game. Uh, Dewan just tweeted me and says, uh, what's going on with Stefan to it? I, I just talked about that for a second. It's guys. I think it's one of those things. We're not going to know until we know we just, we just aren't. Julie says with Stefan Gilmore blasphemy, but LOL, you're right. Yeah, again, if you missed my Stephon Gilmore response earlier, should the Steelers be interested? Could the Steelers be interested? All that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But if you're Stephon Gilmore, why would you want to sign with a team that's 1-3 and three and last in their division when you could probably sign with Arizona or Tampa or Kansas City or Buffalo or Baltimore or Green Bay or any team that you could make a legitimate argument is a real contender right now? That's just the reality. Pains me to say it. But it's just the reality. TC tweets and says, I've done my duty. Renegade is now on our soccer pregame music playlist that plays over the loudspeakers. Let's go, TC. Up the Lady Mercers. Oh, yeah. TC, our resident soccer coach.
Mercer going to win state, baby. Go and win state. G-Rob tweets and says, what a weekend at Lambeau Field. Amazing first Steelers game. I was 10 rows deep in the end zone when Minka blocked that field goal attempt, scooped it up, and ran right at me for a touchdown. Horrible flag. I will move on, but I won't forget. Hey, G-Rob, he he forgave, but he'll never forget. I totally just butchered that. Rebecca says, thanks for keeping it real, Wes. Now I know what it was like to be a Browns fan. (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing, though. I still don't know if we know what it's like to be Browns fans because the Steelers have given us everything, right? Like, Browns fans, when they were struggling, when they stunk, they had no history. They had no recent success, no Super Bowls, no division titles, no Hall of Famers other than Joe Thomas uh, to hang their hat on. (laughs) At least we've been very spoiled over the last 17, 18 years. At least the Steelers have been legitimate contenders now for the better part of two decades. Two Super Bowls, three appearances, handful of division titles, handful of Hall of Famers, a lot of good memories. Cleveland ain't had that. Cincinnati ain't had that. So you can shove it, state of Ohio. And I hope Ohio State stink too. Cuban Dan tweets me and says, 99% of the time, the better team will find the way to win. Well said. It's just the truth. There's exceptions to that. There are are certainly exceptions to that. But 99% of the time, the better team finds a way to win. As much as we complain about the officials, and I'm guilty of it too, like I said, particularly on Saturdays during WVU games, the Big 12 hates us. They just want Oklahoma and Texas to win. 99% of the time, the better team, the more talented and better coached team on that given day finds a way to win. And a lot of you uh, tweeting me here, Adam, Steel City Champs, uh, looks like Stephon Gilmore is on his way to Carolina to play for the Panthers. Oh, man, that defense is going to be nasty. Oh, if Sam Darnold continues to look better, that's going to be a good team down there in Carolina. Steeler Rocker, our buddy Jay, says, if we continue on this losing streak, we got to start a chant of stinking for Spencer. I'm kidding. I'm not looking that far ahead for real. You like college football. Who do you like at quarterback right now? That would be a good fit. Not Spencer Rattler. He stinks, and he's a jerk, and you know anything about me, you know I don't like Oklahoma quarterbacks. Well, really just Baker Mayfield. Uh, I like uh, Malik Willis. From Liberty, and I like the kid from Old Miss. His name's escaping me right now, but the quarterback from Old Miss as well, too. Those are the two that I've got my eye on as it relates to quarterbacks uh, coming out of uh, college football this year. But we'll obviously get to more of that uh, in the offseason as we approach uh, the combine and all the great draft coverage that we do here on SNR. Uh, let me check here. Cuban Dan says, uh, I've already accepted this season for what it'll be. I'm still listening to Wes when he's on. I still rock my jerseys. I still watch my boys every week. All that said, I can't let my emotions get to me this year. Folks, this is the last thing I'll say here as we wrap this up. I've kind of touched on it a little bit already. It's, it's, it's uncharted waters for us as Steelers fans. Yeah, I know, what was it, uh, seven or eight years ago, the, steam, the team started out 0-4, and, and then they were able to go uh, what, 6-2 and two in their last uh, games. Wait, 6, no, sorry, 8-2 in their, in their last, no, sorry, 8-4. and four. I'm, an, I'm really bad at math. That's why I do broadcasting and why I do radio here. They started out 0-4. They were able to go 8-4 and four in their last 12 games to salvage the season to go 8-8. Eight and eight. So we've been in, in this type of slow start, um, you know, slow start 
eh, funk before. The team was 0 4 a few years ago. They're 1 3 now. But in terms of it feeling like it's an end of an era and there's going to have to be some rebuilding and it might truly be a few years before the Steelers get back to contending for divisions and, and, and championships and Super Bowls, you know, along those lines. Again, hang your hat on the fact that a lot of these teams that are going to be dancing on the grave, right? Uh, a lot of the teams that are going to be dancing on Pittsburgh's grave from Cleveland, from Cincinnati, you got to leave Baltimore out of the list because they've had the ultimate success. Uh, But even a lot of Cowboys fans, a a lot of Buffalo Bills fans, right? Um, They they haven't had one-tenth of the joy that you've had as a football fan. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Or something like that. It's rough. I get it, but this is when real fandom is tested, right? Like my whole life, folks, it's been hard being a WVU fan. <laughs> you know, we, we've had some good moments in my lifetime. We've had double-digit win seasons. We've legitimately contended for national championships. Let's not talk about that pit game in 2007. You know, the, the football team won three BCS games in the last 15 years. Beat Georgia, beat Oklahoma, beat Clemson on big stages. You know, we've had a, a handful of first-round draft picks. The basketball team for WVU has been to the final. Final Four, has gone on deep runs, has won conference championships in the Big East. But being a WVU fan, for the most part, has been, you know, has been hard. <laughs> we, 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 we don't win like some of you jerks who, you know, get the root for Ohio State or Notre Dame or Penn State or whoever. This is when your, your fanhood is really put to test, all right? Don't let, those, don't let those jerks dancing on the Steelers' graves bring you down. Laugh at them. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. And just know that their football team hasn't given them one-tenth of the joy that yours has given you. That's how you get through this. That's how you grin and bear it. And I think you can be excited because as much as Ben Roethlisberger has carried the torch for this team for, bar, for the better part of two decades, for over half my life, it's been Ben Roethlisberger. Isn't it kind of exciting to think like it's 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 been 20 years since the Steelers have really turned an era, you know, turned a page, a, a new chapter, a new era. At least we can get excited about that. We haven't seen this team have a high draft pick in forever other than when they traded up for Devin Bush. There are still some things to be excited about. It, the next era can be daunting, but I think it can also be exciting too depending on how you look at it. So there's my advice to you as we continue to get through all of this together. Jared tweets me and says, chill with the Ohio State slander. I don't talk about WVU losing to Maryland every time they play. Well, now hold on, Jared. Maryland beat us this year, all right? But that was the first time in like four or five uh, tries that Maryland had beat us, all right? So be nice. And second of all, I don't even know if it's like Ohio State slander. I just, I don't hate Ohio State. I'm just, you know, they're just one of those programs. It's not hard to be. Let's 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 face it. It's not hard to be an Ohio State fan. All right, just like Clemson, just like Alabama. That's why I laugh. Clemson fans are doing all this moaning and oh my goodness, we lost two games already this year. Yeah, wow. Welcome to the real world, you dinguses. Nothing, nothing sticks in my craw like when Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson or Notre Dame fans, Oklahoma fans complain about a bad season. Your bad season is 95% of college football fans' dream season. So, you know, when you have a bad season like once every 15 years that it happens, 
It just suck it up. Nobody wants to deal. Nobody wants to hear with it. Hear about it. And Ohio State fans are like brace. I think a lot of them, at least you know, like I, my be- one of my best friends in this world, his whole family are from Ohio. Mass- his parents went there. Massive Ohio State fans. They all talk about this season like it's doom and gloom because they lost one game to Oregon. I mean, they're still like seventh in the country, aren't they? I mean, come on, suck it up and deal with it. Just like Steelers fans, got to suck it up and deal with it. It might be a long season. We've been spoiled. We bleed black and gold. No fair weatherness. I've dragged this thing out for way too long. I don't know how to get off my pedestal. I'll do that by saying uh, thanks to all of you who tweeted me today. You know I really appreciate it every day, but particularly when Moats is out. Uh, I planned on giving my power rankings in this segment, and I completely forgot because we just did 33 minutes reacting to all your tweets. I love you guys. You're the best. We'll be back tomorrow with Arthur Moats. You know where to find us, as always. It's high noon on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I'm Wesley Euler, and you've been listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.